Welcome to Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette will give you honest, in-depth book reviews and share book-themed rambles that may or may not on occasions take a dark and twisty, if not utterly bizarre turn. Reviews start with light spoilers, if you want to know if the books are any good. And then we head to the spoiler floor! Where we give a blow-by-blow breakdown for any of you cheeky chappies who want to sound like you've read the book, but just don't have the time to read it. Or those of you that did read it and thought, what the fuck? Either way, be warned, every episode will contain spoilers and language that some listeners may find offensive thus the explicit rating so consider yourself thoroughly fucking warned (laughs) now take a seat buckle up buttercup it's time to begin welcome everyone to another episode of two crones in a book uh this is a review episode where we are talking about uh blood contracts which is by ron ripley and it's published by scare street i think we touched on them before they've done some amazing stuff they do the bell witch and banshee but anyway i digress i'm shell and i'm with my lovely fabulous host annette here in the glorious north where we finally have rain after the drought (laughs) that has been a horrific summer <laughs> it's been a fucking shit summer, isn't it? Talk about bloodlands. It's more like Scorchlands, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the Irish blood in us both, you see. We don't do the hot weather. No. I mean, I, the, the cool towel, I told an, uh, anyone who's listening, I told Annette about these cool towels. They're great. You run them under attack, <gasps> you squeeze them out, you wave them about, oh and they go God. freezing, and you can just keep reusing them. And my one is an electric blue, and I was sitting at work, and I looked like a neon nun because <laughs> I had it wrapped over my head like a habit. I'm chatting away. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they're good, aren't they? Oh my god, they're fantastic. We were passing because they, when you buy them from Amazon over here, they come in packs of three. So Andy would have one at work with him. So hot there. And then in the house, we would take turns between me, the dog, and Hayden. We'd be (laughs) swapping these towels between us. (laughs) My favourite one though was um. Because Hayden doesn't really like things like that. He's he's very um, sensory, you know, when yes. it comes to things. Uh, he'd have these electric fan on all day. Eventually convinced him to put one of them on. And mm. he's like, all right, okay, I'll do it. And you put it on and he walked past his fan and the cold. <laughs> you could hear him from the from downstairs. Woo! <laughs> it was so cold. Oh, bless him. It was the best. And when, the, when those two didn't have it, I'm sat there with my turban. I've got it wrapped around my neck. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It was under my boobs at one point. Uh, I don't care. It was so hot. You don't understand. We do not do heat in this country well. So we just need to make wait for them to go down in the sales and we'll just buy more so that we can stitch ourselves a blanket for next year. <laughs> Pretty much a full body suit and just hose myself down in the garden. Well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> But we have completely and utterly digressed from the book. <laughs> and to activate you just Wonder Woman spin. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and you could have an extra one as a lasso of truth. Oh, lasso of <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. we read Blood Contracts <laughs> by Ron Ripley. Uh, synopsis to refresh you all. 
Uh, signed over 200 years ago, the blood contract ensured the sanctity of the bloodlands. In return, the blood family dedicated their lives and their deaths to the protection of the town in Thorn. For many years, the town of Thorn was nothing more than a picturesque New England village, but in modern day, the town is enjoying a boom in real estate development. To satisfy the developers with enough land, the town decided to break the blood contract, and the bloods are not pleased. Not at all. Now, as autumn moves ever on towards winter, the aldermen and the people of Thorn are going to learn that there is a price to pay for ignorance and it's higher than they could have ever imagined paperback i'm actually this is a good opportunity for me to confess that whereas annette normally does audible and i do some kind of paper version or kindle version i've had quite a bit on ladies and gentlemen (gasps) and i therefore went with the audible version as well yes yes welcome to the dark side <laughs> oh no I, lo- I love audible uh, but i'd normally I, I take the opposite from you normally but i was doing quite a bit of to and fro in so in the car it's perfect isn't it yeah and it's five hours and one minute long it's a little bit odd it's read by jake Uri, and it was audible release date was the 8th of may 2019 yeah i had a look uh, a little look because the there's two options on the Audible. You can buy it singularly, okay. or that you can buy it as part of a four pack. Right. And I, I, well, you know, I, lo- I love a bargain, so I've gone for the four pack. But <laughs> I will admit, oh, shit, I've got another three to read. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the the prob- the problem is though, what I will say about the Audible format is, and I, and I, don't get me wrong, I love my Audible. It's not clear where one book ends and the next one begins so you kind of have to scroll right. through the chapters because it's like the second book yes so that was that's that's just a kind of a letdown in that respect but you know that's just a little niggle of my own well look, i i mean we'll get to the contents of the book in a minute my only nigg- niggle with this was uh the narrator <laughs> oh, oh no 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 honey <laughs> Uh, no, see, I really liked the narrator's voice. I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, but I really liked his voice and I found it so soothing that I kept wanting to go to sleep. <laughs> so I'd think, right, I've done everything I need to do. I'm going to lay down. I can get an hour in before bed. And I was never making it to the end of the hour. So I was constantly <laughs> having to rewind and think, where the fuck was I? Because there was just something so soothing to me about his tone. Yeah. And looking at the faces that you're pulling, I'm alone in this interpretation. I had to keep rewinding for a different reason because I hated his voice. Oh, Did man. you? It really jarred me. I'm sorry. Oh, no, man, it was just chilling me out like you no, wouldn't believe. No, Do you know what? I spent the first four chapters listening and I couldn't concentrate because in my head I was going, I hate you, I hate you. I really I didn't like his nope I didn't like it it felt so one note his voice oh no I really liked it oh I didn't like his Um... intonation I didn't like the way (laughs) no I hated it it's like I can't even tell who's talking because I hate them (laughs) I hate them all I nearly gave up on this story shell because of him no and it took all my effort to rewind and start to realize what an amazing book i thought it was i I was just looking on audible to see if we could play the sample because obviously it's in the public domain um but i can't find it on my phone no i i just i there's something about his tone that was just making me so like yeah all right let me let me try and go back through the 
Let's talk about the the million of extra chapters that turned up at the bloody end. I don't know if you had them. <laughs> yeah, but Scare Street do that quite a bit, don't they? They do. Um, I wasn't expecting something. It's like, this, it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, let's see if I can get this going. Brian and the dead. Brian zipped up and walked back to his cruiser. Around him, the blood dead were gathering, dozens of them of all ages. They stood in silence, adding a deep chill to the air as the sun continued its descent. It won't be long now, Hollis Blood said. Right. Oh, no, so you're going to send me to sleep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Annette was pulling faces throughout that. And I was sitting here thinking, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, first, first I was like, why are you trying to do a Piers Brosnan impersonation? It's nothing like <laughs> Piers Brosnan. <laughs> oh, well, you know when Piers Brosnan tries to do I don't know, it was, like, it was giving me Piers Brosnan vibes. Um, mm. That For some reason, it doesn't sound quite as bad now, but when I first started listening to it, it's his, his drawl. Because I'm assuming he's English. Uh, Br- oh, British, I... the guy. What, Jake? Jake Harry? Yeah, I'm assuming he's British. I don't know. I'm going to Google it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he... I just thought it was soothing. <laughs> no, but then he would do these American accents in between, and it's in the same tone. And the thing was, it, it I couldn't have told you who was who unless he told me their names, which happens a lot. Because it's like, Fred said, Tom said, you know. So yeah. that was the only way I could tell who was who. Where I've had many authors listening on Audible where it's a very clear difference. He is English. There, there we go. <laughs> um, well, according to LinkedIn, he's English. Narrator and producer of audiobooks from Leicester, England. Yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, um, it just, I, it just, it, it didn't work for me. It, it just didn't give me the right feels for the, I don't think it his voice fitted with the book. Oh, I thought it did. It didn't for I'm... me. It took me out of it. Is this the first audio book that we've listened to at the same time? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, this doesn't bode well, does it? <laughs> Normally we're going, yeah, it was great. No, don't get me. The story is a completely different, separate thing. Yeah. It's the narration I did not enjoy. So I, I would like people to let us know, anyone who's listening, could you let us know what you think of the narrator? If you're on Team Shell or you're on Team Annette here. No, because now I feel everyone will be against it. <laughs> it's probably been me because I have the, you know what I'm like with, with certain sounds and I'm a bit like it with light as well. It, he just hit a tone that just, I was just like, yeah, I just felt like I was, the tension was rolling away. No, right. You have to start, the thing is you have to start from scratch. <laughs> you have to go four chapters <laughs> in deep at least. And tell me that. Wait, hang on, who? What? Hang on, let me go back again. Ah, oh, your voice is annoying. It, I think because it is quite sing-songy, his voice, that's maybe why you found it soothing as well. Mm, oh, well I, yeah, I, okay, we, we, I liked it, you didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I was like, this scowl. I was, was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I was walking like that for the, like, when I first, all right, Going on a big walk with the dog, gonna start this one now, and I'm walking around. No, 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 no. <laughs> like a bulldog chewing a wasp, and my face looks like. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I know. 
where I was to the point where the whole purpose of me doing audiobook was so I could listen to it in the car when I was whizzing around. And I was at the point of like, I don't think I should listen to this while I'm driving. <laughs> I shouldn't either if I was driving because I'd end up with road rage. <laughs> <laughs> For two different reasons, but agreed. So apologies to the narrator. It was just, it wasn't your style wasn't for me with this maybe i loved you jake <laughs> sorry jake it just it wasn't it wasn't for me in this scenario jake some girls just have no class <laughs> i'm not going to debate that <laughs> <laughs> okay so we we've, we've we've agreed to disagree regarding the narrator yeah. what did you think of the story Right, so once I eventually rewound and started to listen to it properly. <laughs> moving on now, and moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Right, okay. I actually really enjoyed this story. I did too. It was, it was, it's weird to say fun, but it was, it's fun. Yeah, and I can't wait to tell you about my favourite bit, but I won't do that till after the spoiler floor. And I tell you what, what I was amazed when I look back at uh, Ron Ripley, because I try to, you know, do a bit of research on the authors sometimes. Yep. The volume of books he's produced. So I, I have come across him before because I do have a bit of a thing about Scare Street, the, the publishing company Scare Street. Yeah. Um, and I, I read uh, recently the uh, Berkeley Street is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and you've got um, The Haunted Village. There's, I think there's about 10 books. I think the first Berkeley Street, if I'm not, I may be wrong, but if you check on Scare Street on his page, I think you can get the first one for free. Oh, it'd, it'd be worth checking out. I think. I'm uh, not 100%. But yeah, and Haunted Village was really, really good that he did. Um, he's, he's done some other uh, really, really good ones. Tormented Souls. So I've read quite a bit because I've read quite a bit of Scare Street because I like it. It's that right level of well-written, easy to read, but very entertaining and clever. Do you know what? It, 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 it's like paper made for people who are R.L. Stein fans, Point Horror, yeah. Scare, yeah. Scare Street, Fear Street, sorry, Goosebumps. If you were into those, the this Scare Street is definitely for you. Yeah, yeah. 100%. They're so easy to listen to. Yeah, well, depending on who's narrating them. Um. <laughs> Well, shall I say, easy to, easy to read as well. Yeah, I, I love them. Um, I mean, with this book, it starts off where there's a town meeting in a little, I guess you'd call it a Midwestern American town. Oh, yeah, it doesn't mess about. It's like bang straight into it, isn't it? Yeah, and there's a village meeting going on and they want to, to do some kind of building works, a de- development um, yeah, to, for real estate. To, to extent, it's, it's the town of Thorn and they want yes. they want to obviously expand and grow as the years have gone on there is this character who's oh gosh his name blood what's his name first name is not begins with a h the Huntley? no the the uh, the old guy who's in charge of the house the last surviving family member i just called him thorn okay h thorn i can't remember it now it's gone out of my <laughs> head and i've literally just finished it today <laughs> horatio or something like that Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the alderman of the of the town is talking to him, explaining that it needs to be done, and mm. uh, Horatio reminds him, "You can't do this. There's been a contract with the Blood family for generations. Yep. Yes, I'm all for progress, and you can do it. You know, to the east, to the west, but you can't do yep. it on that section of land. It's yes. it's in the bylaws. You know, is it like a hundred yards either side of the house? You you, you just yes. can't do it. And this. I think this particular bit is going to encroach on the cemetery of the... 
it's going to go really close to the cemetery because yeah. it goes into the woodlands which surrounds the cemetery yes yeah. yes so it's more it's more to do the fact that it's going towards the woodlands i think isn't it than anything else yeah um and they say well there's it's the deal's done it's happening there's tough yeah shit. Tough, yeah it's the gist of it he's gonna have to take it on the head it's what it, it is what it is so he pretty much was well on your own head be it you know yep. so he kind of he goes back home doesn't he and he goes through this wooden yes uh, so into the forest with this really dense forestry around it and he gets to these gates beautifully the gates just open beautifully described Kept. by the way no in, in yep. the way it's described in the book yeah really really brings the visual to life and, and the gates open and he just walks in. He doesn't go to any particular grave or anything. It turns out to be a cemetery and he just walks in. And all he does is he says, they've broken the contract. And you're like, oh, shit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he, he leaves. And it just, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It was pretty good. I don't know how much further we want to go without break. I mean, yes, yeah, stuff ensues, let's say. Stuff ensues. Yes, definitely. There's a, and there's a little bit of everything in here for someone. There's a little bit of folklore. There's a little bit of supernatural. I, the the folklore I did not see coming. I didn't see that coming, and that's I want to I want to talk about it, but I can't until after the, <laughs> the spoiler. Floor. As soon as I heard that, um, oh, I know who this is for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and there's there's also a, a little bit of old school horror and action in it. You know, there's points in it where there's there's guns and old cult revolvers and there's a person with a cleaver so you've got a right old mix in this haven't you and you've got to remember as well this is all in a five hour which is not a big chunk of book yeah see the thing with ron ripley and one of the things that i like about him and most of the scare street stuff that I've, i've read is that they don't fuck about perfection for me you know me i hate it when people wax lyrical about a room for four you don't chapters. need to know what colour the curtains are. No. All I need to know is the amount of blood on the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we go to the spoiler floor, we start giving a little bit away. That's that's really early on in the book, up to the cemetery. Um, and then it moves on, the, the next bit from that, which we won't go into too much detail, but it moves on where you've now got the contractors are beginning to rip the trees down yeah. um, of the forest or, or, or the woodland. And... I'm pretty sure you guys can begin to imagine what starts to happen from that point onwards. That it's it's not they're not building little matchstick cabins or anything. No. And then when we get into this this the next bit that's gonna happen in the spoiler for Oh my god, that scene. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, let's move on. Before we do, I just want to say I loved it. I love everything to do with Scare Street. I really love Ron Ripley's stuff. The other Scare Street author that's always worth check- checking out, and I think we've reviewed her stuff before, Sarah is... Sarah uh, Clancy. Sarah Clancy. Either either one of them, you're on, to, you're on to a winner. You're on to a winner. Absolutely. I mean, this is um, this is the fodder for, like, you know, when you've got those winter night, like, autumn winters yeah. coming in. And it's like, now is the time to download these books. So you're there like, yes. oh, it's a, oh, oh, the, it's raining, yeah. stick on a book, stick on a book. <laughs> yeah, definitely, 100%. So it was a thumbs up from me. You? I'm going to say the, the I'm going to say for the book, 100% a thumbs up. Excellent. Um, well, in that case, Annette, let's fuck off to the spoiler floor. Okay. Let's go. 
Next stop, the spoiler floor. got nasty <laughs> it did it got well nasty and i didn't see i if you if you'd have seen me when i was listening to it, it was one of the bits where i was awake um and and they said they started talking they went there was two irish maids i was like hey, here we go <laughs> and she had about and she at least all they're the fair folk it's like oh here yeah. we go there we go. This is who she she must have known. If not, this I is didn't a gift. Know. I was like, yeah, and they're evil. <laughs> it's like imagine having like Pandora's box, but it's full of like boggarts and banshees and all that gubbins. Oh my god! So the, the gist of it is a uh, hundred or something years ago. Uh, there, there was a, an Irish maid who was bound to a family. There was two Irish maids yep. bound to different families, um, and they they came uh, over. And one of the maids fell in love with the son of a, another family, rich, wealthy rich, family, rich family, yeah, whatever. Which family? And the the maid that she was contracted to said that he would release her so that she could get married if she wanted yep. to. So he was all on board. He was pretty cool about it. But the dad of the wealthy man. Um, said, no. said no, you're not you're not marrying a maid, and the son was ultra automatic. Picked up a revolver and put it against his head and said, you know, well if you don't let me marry her, I'm I'm going to kill myself. Yep. The dad thought he was calling a bluff, but as the son went to move the revolver away from his head in defeat, it went off by mistake and killed him. So now you've got a very pissed off, freed maid who is not about killing herself. But it's about making everybody else pay. And, a, and has a box full of fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. So she and she she goes into the woods. Um, she builds herself a stone cottage. And she's got this little, like, it's described as a, like a trinkety box yeah. sort of thing. Um, and when she opens it, it's basically a portal to kind of the old country, the fey world. Yep. And she, she's not even letting one or two out. She lets, she leaves it open, and so many come through that the box, the portal, explodes. Yeah, that's the only reason it stops. It's not that anyone shut it; it she just let it go for yep. it. Yeah, um, hell hath no fury. <laughs> and now you've just got everything. Like Annette just said, there's every kind of of fay uh, that you can can think of. Yeah, um, is is now floating around, and the only way to stop it at the time was to draw up this contract. Um, with I think it was seven families yes. at the time. And they had to agree that someone from the family would always stay in the town. It would be passed on to the next generation. And they create this circle thing um, to contain the fairies. And it's in this woodland. That's why the woodland can never be torn down. And it and it's overseen by the blood family. Yeah. yeah. And and hence why their land is protected. Yeah. Because and that, that's that's where the circle yeah. is. Um, and that, that's your background. Yeah. And now what's happened is they've broken the contract. Most of the, the, the families that were involved aren't about or aren't aware anymore. Um, yep. And eh, your turn. Yeah, so we're going to shoot straight back. So that we find all that out much later in the book. <clears throat> Going back to just after. So that, that obviously that's our background information. But we don't find all that out till much later on, do we? Yes. So we go, if we go... Flying back to the, where me and Michelle would desperately try not to talk about stuff. I'm saying Horatio. I know it's not his name. Thorn 
has warned the town. He's He's gone into the graveyard. He's said they've broke the contract. Mm-hmm. So that's where we left off. Next scene, we find ourselves at the site where already the contract work is happening. From there, there, there is a guy called Tom who is just overseeing the place at night. He does, He's not happy about it, but he's doing it anyway. But what happens is anyway, he orders himself a pizza. And while he's waiting for it, this he spots this young lad. Yes. Who is he's wearing some like a pair of Converse and he's wearing this like a suit, unusual, like a suit, unusually, because I think he's only yep. like very young, pre-teen even. They have a very, uh, it's a very uncomfortable conversation. Like he, this lad is very just smiling at him, being yep. quite polite and then starts asking Tom, you know, are you from Thorn? You know, yeah. do you live in Thorn? He said, yeah, I'm from Thorn. Yeah, I live in Oh, you know (laughs) it's like oh and then eventually they end up so yeah sorry they were talking in the cabin that sorry that tom was working in they're very disjointed with this and when tom reveals that he actually is from the town the lad just launches at him grabs him by the head this chat like a child yanks him out of the seat Tom kind of blacks out. Then when he kind of comes to, he is in one of the holes that have been dug yes. by by the, the company. And he stood up. And yeah. this kid is just pushing the dirt. And at the same yeah. time, holding Tom can't get up. He can't fight against this kid. This kid's holding his head in place, filling the place with dirt. And it's getting up and up and up to the point that Tom's arm, one arm is pinned against him. And then the other arm is up. And as this dirt is rising, it gets to just like, just like above his chin. And this kid who uh, turns to him and says, it won't be quick. Yeah. I was like, yeah. are you, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and then the dirt just like rises and all that is left is protruding is Tom's hand that is still moving. Then it cut. Yeah. Then it cuts to uh, the next chapter, which is a cop in a donut shop gets the call out to come. Yep. To the place. When he turns up, the pizza delivery guy is stood there. Yep. And the kid is st- sat on the steps, just smiling away at the cop that turns up. Yep. And he, <laughs> the p- p- pizza delivery guy it, looks it, up and he, he, he... it was still moving when I got here. Yeah. And he looks down yep. and he sees Tom's hand sticking out like yeah. killed over fingers it was still moving when i arrived <gasps> i went fucking cold shell and then he went but he wouldn't let me help him yeah no and he said who and he looks at the boy the boy wouldn't let him help him let me yeah and and i, th- I don't know if we're already skipped the bit where he'd asked the delivery driver if he was from thorn i said no i'm not he said oh good yeah oh that's good and then he asked the copper are you from thorn no i'm not oh good <laughs> and then he just walks off into the woods, disappears. Yeah, because the copper tries following him, doesn't he? But he, he loses the trail. Yeah, well, there's no tracks. The kid leaves yeah. no tracks. And then the next the next thing we know, we're back at, at the blood house. Yeah. And Horatio, I know it's not Horatio, but I'm going to call him that, is sat on the porch. And this boy yeah. walks up the path. Yeah. Like, kind of walking like a kid. And he comes and he sits with him. And the guy goes, I knew you'd be the first one. Yeah. What? And it turns out that this boy, is his name is Morgan, is actually Horatio's dead brother. And they have this whole conversation about when he was a... Um, a pilot in the a, army. A pilot. 
Yeah, and he says, I always took your photo with me because it was like you were flying with me. And Morgan turns around and goes, I was. Yeah. Oh. So, like, you've gone from this horrific death scene to this really <laughs> emotional meeting of brothers who haven't seen each other in for... Oh, my... It's like, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. And you're not even, like, a quarter of the way through the book by this point, mm-hmm. are you? you? You know, this is... It's it's literally a boom-boom-boom-boom book. It's insane. But then what follows on, then, is a series of different ghosts going to some of the different families that from the original contract i think there's only like two or three of them that are still left in the town family wise yeah but it, it turns out you find out later in the book so basically every all of the blood family are buried in that cemetery yeah. and they're all going to come back now to kind of avenge protect the contract yeah um, and you find out later in the book that there's 71 in total yeah yeah and the whole idea is to they anyone that has a surviving bloodline that they would take their lives to stop yes. this expansion and then in effect breaking the the circle that protects the yeah. town from what I, I think it was mary the maid unleashed yeah so yes uh that so we we get about two or three more other ones now were there any of those that stuck out to you no they were good um but there there was quite a few but they were good so there's the one where he goes to see there's a a female ghost who goes to see one family um and she appears and she picks up the revolver and she she holds it towards this guy and his wife's in bed asleep and he drops to his, his knees and he's like i'm sorry i'll undo it i'll undo it and she's like it's too late and then you hear bang um, and he opens his eyes because it isn't him that's been shot. She shot the wife mm. and then she shoots him. Yes. That's one of the, the next one that that happens. And there's a few other deaths. Was there a particular one for you? Well, my, my thing was I, was I thought I was seeing a pattern, but I'm not sure if I'm right in that the ghosts, the ones they – because the, there was one of them who um, – he was the one who were, who had been accused of being a child killer. But he hadn't have been. He said, no, I own, I only killed men. When I killed, I only killed men. <laughs> it was never ch- it, because the children, that was done by such and such family. Yep. But I wasn't chosen to take care of them, to end them. Yep. I was chosen to take care of you Yeah. or to end you, you know. So yep. it felt very much, to, I don't know, it seemed like the ghost suited the crime of the person that they were killing. Yeah, I think you might be right, actually. It felt like, because the, the guy whose wife got shot, he was obviously a, a, a cheat. And I think the woman had been accused of being a cheat or had been a cheat. Yeah, no, I think you might be right, actually. I didn't notice that. Well spotted. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much. But no, so, it's, so, so yeah, it was sort of like, who if they committed the same kind of um, sin... Yes, it was. It yeah. was almost because I'm. I was thinking at one point, oh, is this going to go down like the seven deadly sins? Because it's like the seven original families. Do they all have a sin that they represent? Yeah, because this, this is pre-knowing about the fairies. Because I jumped straight ahead because that's the bit that I'm obsessed yeah. with. Yeah. But Annette's doing it correctly and doing it in chronological. Just pay more attention to Annette today than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it helps um, because yeah. it was the original chronology. So, yeah. <laughs> But, but um yeah so yeah and I think you yeah I didn't notice that you might be right I don't know because it just it just seemed to happen because as I said there was only those three that we saw it happening yeah. with and then obviously things changed from there yeah so um yeah they stood out in that respect because I think the that last one though when they hear some there's um, a family sitting at home and they hear yes. a knocking on the door 
<laughs> oh my god and, it, and it's a woman's voice asking for help yes that was a really good one yes they say and she said oh my my car's broke down can i come in and they know there's like stuff going on there's kind yeah. of been a warning been put out yeah. you know and um the father says uh well no we can't but if you go wait by your car we'll call the police and so on. oh yeah. thank you thank you so much <laughs> then he kind of like turns around and then the wife's face just drops because this is the first monster killing, isn't yes. it? Rather than ghost killing. Yes. Yeah. This is now where oh god, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So the the Faye have now like broken out. The wife's face just drops, goes pale, and he turns around, and there is an arm that has just morphed through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Grabs hold of him and just starts ramming his head back into the door. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Holy god. <laughs> So as he's dying, laying on the floor, so he falls to the floor, and, and as he's laying on the floor, he, he, he realises, he looks up, and he can see the back of his wife's head, and he realises that he can see her brains, because while he was being attacked, she must have also been being attacked, and he realises that he can see her brains where a skull's been smashed in, and his last thought is, oh, it is grey. Yeah, as in grey mouth. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so hang on, I've I've skipped the bit when how what was the moment that the the Faye broke out? I think that was the first indication that it was the Faye because you at that point I unless I'd fallen asleep, I couldn't I don't remember there was that crossover where you don't know if the ghosts were linked still at that point yeah or the or it was the Faye. How does the copper get involved? He goes to Horatio's house, so that that's happened. That's it. He goes yep. to Horatio's house. Because it's the nearest house to the site to see if you can find out information. Doesn't uh, he die though in the house? Is he already dead? That's it. Or did he so, die yeah, he go- in front of him? No, he's he's already dead. He finds him dead. Yep. And then Morgan walks in and starts talking to him. Yeah. And then and, and then the next thing is uh, another one of the ancestors, is it Ambrose or yeah, comes in trying to explain the situation to him. He's like, and I think it's Jeb or Jed. His name is Jed. And you know this is this is ridiculous is a like jed look who you're talking to <laughs> you're talking to yeah. two ghosts for god's sake because that's that's when you start to get the indication that it's um it's it's the fate it's at that point that you realize that there's something coming yeah um and they want him to they want him to bury horatio so that horatio can join them in the fight against what's coming because they have to be yeah they have to be buried in order to um to be resurrected yeah and then it just it just it just gets good you get i mean there's so you you, you know you've you've got to read the book to fully grasp it but there you've then got um, fantastic little side stories all over the place yeah with all your different phase like there's reference to the horse's headman yes there are goblins there's giants and all this shit's going on in the town in the meanwhile this copper um, the ghost's uh, Horatio's house. Who's not called Horatio? I know. We keep Horatio's saying that. House. I was so sorry, Ron Ripley. <laughs> they, they say to him, you know, these tools work against work against the Fae. You've got to contain them. Um, so while he's now out battling, you've got all this other stuff. And my favourite point, which shouldn't be my favourite point probably, is the brownie. Yes. So there's a massive house fire and then uh, this elderly woman who lives next door wakes up, looks out and sees that there's a big fire and the fire brigade are tackling it. 
Um, and then all of a sudden she realizes that her house is really, really fucking clean. Mm-hmm. And something in her, you don't realize that she's twig, but something in her twigs because she goes over and she, she gets some, I think it's peaches out and she washes it and she slices it and she gets a little teacup out and, and she makes a, a cup of tea. And then she sits down at the table and she goes, you can come out now. And this little little two foot nothing thing comes out that's that's really quite grotesque looking. Wow, I feel judged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's yeah, he's he sits down and they start having this conversation and, and he turns around and he goes to her she goes to him, you know, would you join me for a drink? Thank you, you've done a wonderful job with the house. Would you like a peach? And this little brownie turns around and he says to her, you know, well, you're far more gracious. Thank you. You're far more gracious than than the previous house that I was at. And she, she looks at him and she says, was that near? Even though she knows. And he goes, yes, yes, it was signed. So and she goes, oh, were they French? And he goes, ah, oh, you must have known them. And it's the house that's now on fire. Yeah. And this little old lady holds her nerve. And you hear her thinking, and her thinking is, I hope they died from smoke inhalation rather than the flames. Yeah. But it's, and then, then this, this little brownie, he stands up and he goes to her, I noticed that you've got no, no wood prepared for the fire and it's going to be cold. Would, would you like me to go and get some? You know, and she turns around and goes, that would be wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you know, uh, but it, it's that whole, the thing about brownies. So I'm always freaked out by um, the Fae. I always think they're misinterpreted and I have issues, as you know, um, with the, the Disneyizing yeah. uh, of them. But the thing about a brownie that you've got to give it credit for is they are as ferocious and deadly as they are. They are courteous and polite and well-mannered. You know, you, you talk about you yourself, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> There's something. Um, I don't think they get the attention that they would necessarily deserve. Brownies. You know, can you imagine being? caught in that world where you don't have to worry about anything in your house because your house will be perfectly maintained but at the same time you you you're having to mind your manners because one wrong thing oh, my, or offense oh god might be my mouth you, you know, you're gonna get yeah you're gonna get stabbed in your sleep you know, <laughs> okay your ass burnt down you don't get a lot of example of i think the only example of brownies that i can think of was in willow I don't even remember that. It's been so long since I've watched Willow. Yeah, it was the two, the two um, they had two little brownie characters in it. But it's that deceptiveness about brownies. You, you know, like it's, you know, well, thank you, ma'am. You, you know, like that's that's very kind of you. I will take another slice. Thank you. How gracious. I think it was, just a, house it was a wrong interpretation of Willow because they were little assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and he's just totally, you know, he's sitting there eating a slice of peach, very politely waiting um, to be offered a second bit, even though he wants it. And he's, he's, you know, he's, he's started a fire where everybody's everybody's dead, you know, in the house next door. And she's she's just like, shit. <laughs> it's, it's weird though because even one of the characters mentions later on that there's not a huge Irish community in the town of Thon, especially where it is placed, mm. because it just wasn't a natural progression for them yeah. to go to. But yet there seem to be quite a lot of people that are very knowledgeable about Fairy, fairy folk and such. Yeah, but if you if you think very uh, as strong as it is in the Irish culture, it's also very very strong in Scandinavian and, and German culture. Well, hence why we have a couple of characters there. Yeah, it's very strong. Yeah, because one one of which comes nearer towards the end. Obviously, Jed and Morgan mm. and Ambrose have gone on to try and stop the fairy folk. They come across another character called Fred, 
who is a former yeah. teacher, high school and teacher. And before that, Marie. Yeah, yeah. And Marie. Which leads to some, I think, quite comical moments. Mm. Very funny mm. moments. Just the just the interaction between like Jed and Fred are just so funny. Yeah. Just sort of like, you know, shit, like, well, I was going to shit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's very much that. And then when they run into people, it's like, yeah, I'm with, uh, yeah, I've been with Fred, Fred such and such. Oh, he used to teach me such and such in high school. Yeah. And one of the best lines from Fred is when he, because he, he, he talks about when he fought in um, Vietnam. Because he's very calm when he meets the ghost. He's like, oh, you're dead. You know, like, he's, he's, he's very calm. Oh, no, and that's not just... the weird shit, though, that Fred talks well, about. This, when, <laughs> when he turns around and, and he, he says, um, oh, no, because when I was over there, I, I saw some really strange things. Yeah. And this, I even saw a dragon once. And, you know, that was a bit when I was kind of like, I was kind of phasing out of the book. And then he's like, excuse me? <laughs> You're in Vietnam, the war, and you saw a dragon? <laughs> And he's, but he's just so calm and blase about oh, it. Oh, really, you saw plenty of stuff of me, you know. Yeah, he might have been chasing the dragon. Yeah. I don't know about seeing <laughs> one. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, but yeah, and they, they slowly find that there are certain weapons that belong to the original seven, even if it was their descendants that work against the Fae. And as they come across these people, like they come across a, a woman with a, a young baby and she's got meat cleaver. And this meat cleaver works against the Fae. And that's because she she found it in the house, I think, she moved into. Yes. And Fred, with his, I think it's an AK-47, he brought it at a garbage sale. Uh, and it turns out that it used to, not a garbage sale, a garage sale. And it turns out that it, only in America. And <laughs> it turns out that it was, it had belonged to a descendant who had also fought in Vietnam um, of one of the seven families. So th- these weapons are all linked back. Because uh, normal weapons don't work against them at all. And so they're, they're battling all this shit. And then they end up going and finding a secret location that they're directed to. And they go into the secret location. And it tells them that basically what they're going to have to do is restart the contract, reset the contract, aren't they? Yeah. And so that's what they could have do. So two, Fred and, and the copper sign it. But now they've got to get some other people on, on board. But the trick is, the thing to bear in mind is one of those seven will have to be inside what's referred to as the ring yep. when they seal the deal or you can't seal the deal. So they'll be trapped in with the Faye. Yeah. So their aim is to head for the the uh, town hall because they yep. know a lot of people have gathered there. So they think they're going to, you know, find some people to help yep. sign. In the meantime, we have this nice little side story where there's this teenage girl who's just living her life. She doesn't, she's yep. oblivious to everything that's going on. And yep. you got to remember, this is all in a period of two days. This is all happening. It starts at yes. like at 11 o'clock at night. And we're now like in the next morning, heading towards the afternoon. Yep. So she lives next door to this German kid who's kind of yep. nerdy. Like she's nice, got to be nice to him because yep. they're a neighbour. And she's there, stood there on her phone, waiting for the school bus to come in the morning, just yep. living her life. And um, he kind of turns to her and says, "I don't think the bus is coming today. I'm not doing a German accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the, I don't think the bus is coming today. No, that's not even yep. German." Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I was being supportive. No, yes. No, <laughs> cut that out. Right, so I'm not doing a German accent. He says, I don't think the bus is coming today. And yep. she's like, oh, why? And they both kind of look. And then, like, the town is just, like, bellowing in smoke <laughs> and flames. And yeah. she's like, okay. <laughs> you know, just, and it's like, right, well, I'll see you later, I guess. And he says, if you need me, you know where I am. 
<laughs> now I I was actually wondering, and they go back to their homes respectively, yep. and but to to cut back, so this German that there's a there was a character earlier on that was there, and it, they said she spoke in a German accent, and she was talking about the fate. I, I kind of like lost a bit of concentration at this point for a change. Mm. But I know there was a a, Germ, a woman with a German accent. My question is, was that his mother? Because she was away for work yeah. at the time. And the fact that this kid, it turns out, because the teenage girl gets attacked in the house by some fairy folk, and he turns up with this sword yep. and whoops them. So did they know the whole time were his... What was coming? Yeah, like that. The fact that him and his mother were both hunters. I would say yes. I was because thinking... he knew too much about them. Yeah. Because he says, "What are they?" And, and she says to him, "What are they?" And he names them. Yeah. You know, like it's. And as you said, it goes beyond the Gallic history. It goes into Scandinavian Germany. Yeah. And so this is a hand down again of of weaponry. So I, I'm. I was assuming because I, I wasn't going to go back and try and hunt it down, but I, I think that must have been his mother. Yeah, and I imagine if there's more books in the series that you'll probably get that, that level of character development. So you'll probably get a bit more about them yeah. um, as it goes forward. But yeah, I mean, ultimately what they, they then do is they make it to uh, the, the the town hall, the school, wherever it is they've gone, where everyone's gathered. Yeah, they, this uh, lad and the young girl also make their way towards there. Yeah, so they've been picked up along the way and you've now got your your rag, vagabond group. Mm-hmm. And they get there and the they decide that they're going to wait till dark because, you know, either everybody's going to run out or the Fae are going to charge the building. So they're, they're hiding and they're waiting. The giants attack the building and start shaking it and some people start coming out and they they weave their magic. I mean, even to the point where the copper turns around because the copper's got a gun, a knife and a sword. Mm. Um, he turns around and says to, to the girl who's with the German lad, do you know how to use a sword? And she turns around and she goes, I did fencing for three years. <laughs> so he hands her the sword. And you've, so you've got a woman with a baby strapped to her wielding this cleaver. Mm. You've, you've got the copper with his, his cult. You've got the ex-marine with his AK-47. You've got the German lad swashbuckling away. And now you've got a teenage girl giving it some as well because she's had fencing lessons <laughs> for, for, for three years. So they do their damage and it's all kicking off and they're looking for people to sign the contract. And they do. So the young German lad signs the contract. The young girl he was with signs the contract. The mum of the baby signs the contract and they they complete that circle and that loop don't they yeah and then the marine fred has nicked fred has nicked the key to this little secret cubbyhole which is where they found out all the information what they needed to do and and he he completes the ritual so that he's trapped within the circle so he doesn't give anyone else a choice because no one's discussed that yet no. they know it but no one has, has said well i'll do it you do it and he yeah he sneaks off and, and he initiates it and he seals the circle um and now the town is it is it, relatively safe they've got to finish rounding all the fuckers up but they, the circle is reformed which means that the fairies uh they fae can't leave that circle yeah um, but people can walk into it. So I think part of the reason that someone has to stay in the circle is to patrol and protect and to try and keep people out or deal with people who come yeah, in. Yeah, because then we kind of like flash forward to a year later, don't we? Yes. And then it's been known that like 
a couple of camera crews have tried to go in. Never been seen again. Never been seen yeah. again. A couple of tourists as well have been trying it. And we're back in like the the town hall. Yeah. And we have all those characters that signed the contract are all together. And they're talking about the situation and what's going on. And they start talking about Fred. Yeah. And asking, how is Fred? Yeah. And is it Jeb opens this cabinet? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and inside the cabinet are bleached skulls of giants. Not just skulls, yeah. Giants. giants. All with a bullet hole in the yeah. middle of their heads. All bleached clean with bullet <laughs> holes in their heads. Fred's doing fine. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I, I thought it was it was really good. I would highly recommend it to, to anybody and anything from Scare Street. So, yeah. And I, I did actually, even though I complained that there was like what, three more little extra chapters, they were nice because they were like little moments, like little shots of yes. what happened in history of where someone yeah. encountered some of the fairy folk in Thor. Yes. So it was actually pretty good. But that's one of the things I liked about it is you've got this main story and then you've got all these little side stories mm. that are happening and then it all kind of funnels in together. And that's that's not often done seamlessly. No. This felt seamless. No, do you know what? I I know I I, 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 I say it sometimes and I don't, but I would love this as a, like a TV show. Done right. Oh, yeah, be good. With like quality CGI for the fa- fairy folk. Yeah. This would be such a like oh i need next week oh i need another week it would wouldn't it it would be do i wait until they're all out yeah. and then binged or do i torture myself waiting at a cliffhanger at the end of every episode yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like please be on the... netflix please be on netflix so it yeah. comes in one batch <laughs> and that's the kind of problems that i need in my life yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, honest to God, this would be such a visual treat because there is no piss balling about. There there would be no lazy episodes. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't. There isn't because it just flows so seamlessly. Yes, a little, mate, at the worst you could say it could be repetitive in just reminding you of situations. Yeah. But that's the biggest crime it has. And that's not a very big crime because it doesn't happen often. So, yes, I know we've had this conversation, but I don't need to hear it again. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, I kind of did need it, to be honest, in some respects. They felt well played. They did. It was, you know, it was just like, just a quick reminder. It was, yeah, it wasn't random, you know, like it kind of fitted in with what was happening and, and just, it's kind of like, you know, you're having your mate next to you go to your, do you remember, you know, don't forget. Yes. <laughs> where This is where we left off. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh God, this would make such a fantastic series. I can, I can see why he has so many books and why they're so popular as audio books mm. because it's just so easy to digest. Yeah. It really is. I mean... When I when I looked at his back catalogue, I actually went, oh, fuck, I've got a lot to listen to because I'm going to have to listen to them all. <laughs> they they are good. And um, what I would say is if you do delve into the world of, of Ron Ripley is pick your starting point wisely because when you start something, you know, you're not talking about someone who just does one book. 
you know, he does epic series. Berkeley Street is, I think it's something like nine books. Yeah, there's like, um, ha- there's at least three of them that are nine books deep. Yeah, Haunted Village, I think is, is which is very, very good, is, is nine um, books at least, I think. It's insane how much he writes. And if they're all of this standard, for fuck's sake, Shell. <laughs> and the Haunted Village is, is, is absolutely amazing. So basically you've got this crazy, um, just in case someone wants to it, you've got this crazy dude, really rich guy, and he buys haunted houses and he transports them completely, perfectly to this village that he's built in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And monitors and aggravates the ghosts. Oh, you don't do that. And what he does, because he's, try, he's trying to work out, so it's ringed-in village, there's no way in or out, and he, he just keeps acquiring these houses. But you end up, he, he ends up putting live subjects in the village to live in the village to see what the ghosts will do. Bloody hell. So you get, in, in the first book, you get this this guy who I think was a school teacher. He's, he's acquired, the professor or whatever it is, the school's it acquiring, and puts him in the village, and he expects him to, to like die really, really quickly. But he doesn't. And then the next one comes in and he ends up forming a friendship with with this woman. And then there's a kid. And now you've got three of them and they're trying to survive within this village with no resources. And you've just got these ghosts, all all kinds of ghosts that you can think of. So from Victorian to current are now wandering around this village and they've got to try and protect themselves and avoid them. Bloody nare. So it's re- it doesn't get boring because it's like, you know, you've got at least one new house and one new ghost and you get characters um, every book and you get characters in every book that come and some stay and some don't. And it, it, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's really good. I'd, I'd recommend it. But anything by Ron Ripley is always worth a dip. But be cautious. If you're looking for a pick up and put down, pick wisely. Well, I'm going to suggest for people, obviously, because like for me, I'm brand new to Ron Ripley, obviously. If you get the, the, I would suggest go for this four pack that I got maybe because it gives yep. you a nice little taster. So in the four pack, you're talking like 22 hours, which is probably not that far off an average of a, a, a decent sized book, is it? Yeah. But you're getting four books for that. And yep. with, uh, the four are, is it the Bo, Bolan House? Yep. Uh, Cog- Bolin House? Bolin House, but it's with an A. Uh, That's why it's a Berlin yep. house. Uh, Blood Contract, Hungry Ghosts, and Sherman's Collection. Mm-hmm. So that might be a nice little taster if yeah. if you're interested in getting into them. And that 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 there are different narrators for each book. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just having a look um, at what I've I've had of. So you got Berkeley Street is really good. Um, I'm gonna see. Good. I'm gonna see if that is free on that on the Scare Street because I'm sure it came popped up as free. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely is. check it out. And I know they do free stuff. They do free audio books sometimes as well. I do. I I um, love you know Scare Street. It it's like comfort food Scare Street, isn't it? It is good. Yeah, it's very 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 good. I love it. Love it. Love Scare Street. There's there's love it. there's no. They've got some good short stories as well. So they they do collected short stories. Yeah. And it's not the same author. So if you get one of these collected <sighs> short stories, it's, you know, one of them, might, you'll get two or three stories and one is Ron Ripley. 
One is is Sarah Clancy. Oh. There's a, another one who I can't remember the name. A I NASA maybe. Yeah. So you get a nice mix. It's all their authors. It's it's never just one. I do. It it it, pro- it proper is point horror, isn't it for for grown ups? It is. No, I like, like it. it. I like it a lot. No, de- this is definitely up my alley. I'm gonna. This is gonna be my like comfort food now through autumn and winter. Excellent. When we're not like doing a book or we're having a break, like when we have our Christmas break, I think this is gonna be me. Uh, yeah. it's rubbish out. I'll let the dog poop in the garden. I'm gonna listen to a story in bed. <laughs> It's got to be done, isn't it? It's got to be it done. has to be done. Um, so it's a thumbs up from both of us. What do we have next? So next should be a is ramble. A ramble. Uh, and it's the best non-fiction book you ever read. Oof. This, this could go a lot of different ways. I mean, <laughs> is it going to be, Is are they going to be biographies? Are they going to be... can be anything you want if as long as it's non-fiction. I mean, I've read some dark shit in my part, in my time. <laughs> so it's it's up to you. Oh, I don't know. Don't tell me now. Oh, it's got it's got my brain bubbling. I can think of quite a few very diverse ones. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, cool. It's gonna be fun. Um, and after that, we have got the couple at number nine by Claire Douglas. Oh, now I've been looking forward to this because this has been very high on a lot of recommendations for like scary books um has it because i i you know i'm crap at following things like that i rely on you completely no i've i mean i've seen it on me dropping the tiktok because <laughs> i'm because <laughs> i'm current um no no it flashed up on a you know i just watch videos of like puppy dogs and shit i don't know it's working for you in it because you know more shit than me love so <laughs> no I, I like my comedy clips but i do get occasional occasional book ones that come up between tiktok and actually no for a lot of recommendations when it comes to scary books of i think it was last year it came out oh i'm just while you've been talking i've been pulling it up so in the amazon chart it's number 15 in the uk audible release was the 30th of september last year yeah and i'm just checking the paperback and the paperback release oh was the same time 30th of september 21 yeah so it when when i when we were discussing uh books we wanted to read uh last yeah. year and we made our list i think you actually put this down not me i can't remember i think it was you that put this book down it was i found it cheap in tesco's and i liked the cover <laughs> but, but <laughs> what i will admit is since then when it comes to lists of most disturbing books this one always features oh yeah so uh, this is apparently quite a disturbing book so i am very much looking forward to it i've not read mm-hmm. read the synopsis i don't know if you would you like it should we should we do it give people a chance in advance okay so uh bodies found under the patio I'm in. when pregnant <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was something wrong then. <laughs> when pregnant Saffron Cutler moves into Nine Skelton Place with boyfriend Tom and sets about renovations, the last thing she expects is builders uncovering a body, two bodies, in fact. The police investigation. Forensics indicate the bodies have been buried at least 30 years, which leads the police to question the cottage's former owner, which is Safi's grandmother, Rose. Mm-hmm. Owner questioned. Rose's Alzheimer means her memory is increasingly confused. She can't help the police, but it is clear she's remembering something. A killer at large 
As Rose's fragmented memories resurface and the police dig ever deeper, Safi fears she and the cottage are being watched. What happened 30 years ago? What part did her grandmother play? And is Safi now in danger? I smell an ITV drama. <laughs> it, I, you know, I was reading that and I thought, this this is a trailer for an ITV production. <laughs> this is, oh, it's September. The nights are coming in a lot sooner. Let's, should we give it a whirl? Oh, go on then. Let's give it a go. <laughs> I'm just having a look at the cover. And on the cover, it says, um, the taglines are, it was the house of their dreams until the bodies were found. On ITV, this um, this, this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it should be good. It's number 15 in the Amazon charts. That's always hopeful, isn't it? Well, we say hopeful. It's not worked out for us before, but we're going to pretend. No, we we don't. (laughs) To be honest, we don't really go for charted stuff so much, do we? It doesn't pan out so well. No, I I like my random, either random charity shop finds or someone will say to me, oh, my God, have you read? I mean, some of the best at the corset. I absolutely fell in love with the corset. That was 50p in a charity shop, and I liked the cover. No, I think this is probably the closest we've got to a glitzy book in our reading, to yes. be fair, because we don't really do chart toppers. Not to say that any of them shouldn't be. We completely think they should be, but we don't generally go for the mass public books. And I think that's just more the way that we're made. I don't think we avoid them. No, no, it's not that. It's just it's it's what we're drawn to, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, we, um, we just go off of synopsis, uh, and then like like we said, you, you didn't see that this was going to be what it's become. No, it was just it was just a random. You like the sound of it, and it's it's definitely something that would be up my street. I I love me a bit of true crime, so. Well, let's give it a go. So we've got a ramble coming up, best non-fiction book, and then we're going to do the couple at number nine. So we're hoping that we're on to two winners. Yeah, f- uh, fingers crossed. Because, like I said, I've thoroughly enjoyed this book. And yep. yeah, yeah, let's keep up the momentum, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some good whoop, stuff whoop. coming. And remember, like we said in a previous episode, if you have enjoyed this episode or any episode, please, please give us a like, review, please. or subscribe, or all three would be awesome sauce. We might have some things in the pipeline as rewards or bribery. Um, if you do, <laughs> if we start seeing anyone, um, you know, giving us a bit of a like, we might get in contact with you. You never know. <laughs> But yeah, and anything along those lines, we would we really appreciate your support. We hope you enjoy this as much as we do. Um, and it's literally, as Annette has said previously, it, it's just a thumb click in your app of choice. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple of stars, a smile, a thumb, a like, a star, a heart. It, and it would make so much difference. It would mean the world to us. It really would. We love you guys and we hope you kind of like us back. It's, a little bit. It's not a committed yeah. relationship. Don't worry. It's not under pressure. We're not going to fake a pregnancy. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone, everyone in between else in the world, yep. Yeah, give us um, we we thank you for your time, and we will speak to you next episode. Take care, you lot. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Crones in a Book. If you want to follow the show on social media for extra content, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook at Two Crones in a Book. And on Twitter, we are at Two Crones Pod. 
or if you'd like to cut in contact with the show you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening guys and have a great day